Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Ian Furness Show is presented by Snoqualmie Casino. Two and two to Kelnick. Yanks took it right down the pipe. One out. Well, we saw the heat. We saw the curveball in off the plate, and then he backdoors this one. And I'll tell you what, he paints that outside corner. You see Jeffers give him the fist pump after that pitch. Got it right where he wanted it. Text us at 49451 and hit the talkback mic on the iHeartRadio app. 0-2 to Mike Ford. Ford to tying run. Two outs. Bottom nine. Struck him out. Twins win it. 6-3. What a ball game. They take Game three, lead the series 2-1. The Mariners now 2-4 and four on this homestand. Boy, that's an emotional roller coaster tonight. This is the new Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. Our thanks to Dave Sims, Dan Wilson, Root Sports and the Mariners for that. Greg Bell, the News Tribune, not Ian Furness. Second day in a row that Ian's been out and I've been in. Anders Hurst is with me for the next couple hours. Bad to worse, Anders, on the Mariners. Yeah, not not exactly the uh, the result we were looking for yesterday, and then we found out this morning about some stuff that's not a good, uh, you know, personal thing for a few players as well. Jared Kelnick breaking his foot after striking out. You heard Dave Sims, the great Dave Sims, good friend of mine, on the first clip there. We'll talk about that. That, as I said, gets worse for the Mariners who are now playing currently at T-Mobile Park in the finale of that series with the Twins. First, we have headlines thanks to VenueTunes.com. from the Star Reynolds Sports Desk, your 93.3 KJRFM Sports Headlines. Headlines brought to you by VenueKings.com. As I said, the Mariners are playing their fourth and final game of their series against the Twins, trying to split that. They're 2-4 and four since the All-Star break. Luis Castillo, six innings, 11 strikeouts. He had nine strikeouts through four innings last night, and they still lose. Their ace, they're 5-10 and ten with him in the last 15 times he started. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. It's not like he's pitching bad either. He's no. just, it's just like it happens to come on the nights where we have no offense, which is more often than not. So, One game under 500, trying to get back to 500 today. And it's going to George Kirby, all-star George Kirby is on the mound. But Kalnick's the story. Broke his foot last night. He kicked a water cooler in the dugout after striking out. That was a really grinding, pretty good at bat. It was a good at bat. And then he looked at strike three after doing all that. It's a nasty pitch, too. Yeah, it was. It's a nasty pitch and a nasty week, really, for the Mariners. Kalnick's going to be out a while. Kate Marlowe up from AAA Tacoma for the Major League debut. And this is not, of course, the way they wanted to get him there. Kalnick's been the best player, I think, in the Mariners all season long. The most consistent, and of course, we were wondering if he'd even last the season of the troubles he'd had so far, Anders, and so far, he's been all that, and now this. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's tough, because it seemed like he'd really broken out of that uh, old mold from the last couple years, and, uh, you know, now this comes, and it's just awful timing. The Mariners actually rallied from 3-1 down last night to a 3-3 tie, and then Tom Murphy, not once, but twice, 
dropped the ball out of his catcher's glove from Andres Munoz. I know Munoz throws 100, but those were sliders that weren't quite 100. And the second one was, like, chest high. Yeah, it was should have been caught easily. Right out of his glove with a runner at third, and that's how the Twins scored the lead run, and they give up a two-run homer in the ninth. Becomes 6-3, and that was that. The Open Championship in golf has begun at Royal Liverpool in England. Three-way tie for first at five under, including by a, the local guy. <laughs> I mean, if an Englishman wins and the British Open, well, we'll call it the Open Championship, on basically his home course, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be something. That would be something. Isn't there an amateur in the running as well? Yeah, an amateur. Georgia Tech. He's yeah. a South African. And he's a rising senior at Georgia Tech. That's so cool. How cool is that? That'd be awesome. For him just to be playing is yeah. cool. And it'd be top the he's at top of the leaderboard. Yeah, that's so cool. There's a lot of cool stories. Uh, love love watching the open. Just day one of four, of course. Round one. Uh, ending in round two will be tomorrow and then all weekend. The US women's national soccer team begins its quest for a third consecutive World Cup championship tomorrow, Friday, when it plays its over against Vietnam. That's gonna be six PM Seattle time. No team, men or women has ever won a World Cup, Soccer World Cup, three consecutive times. That's what the U.S. women are trying to do over New Zealand starting tomorrow. Washington's contingent is heading to the Las Vegas right now to participate in the Pac-12 football media day there tomorrow. The league's not going to be announcing a new media rights contract to broadcast games beyond 2024 at this event, as everyone had anticipated they would. And the most anticipatory people in that group are the schools and the athletic directors themselves who'd like to know how much money they can be expecting revenue off of their television broadcast of games. Softy Mahler is going to be there with the KGR continued tomorrow at Las Vegas broadcasting from the tomorrow afternoon. The MLS All-Star game was last night. Arsenal, which is in preseason mode out of the Premier League, <laughs> just still just dusted the best the American Pro Soccer League can offer. I mean, they're a good team, but like you said, they're in, this is like their second game they played as a, as a group together this season. They're in the beginning of their season, so it's kind of it's a bad uh, measuring stick to the like the point where we have all the best players in the middle of their season from our whole league play against a team that's in their preseason and they still come up woefully short, shall I say? I mean, the Premier League goes till May, right? Yeah. And Arsenal was in the running for the the whole thing, and yes. they, at the very end, tailed off, and Man City won again. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, they've had what six, eight weeks off. Yeah. And it, but I mean, depending on um, you know a lot of the players play in their international yeah. teams, so that's when they play in their international break sort of mode. So in, in reality, like the best top professional players get about like two to three weeks off um, from not playing any soccer, which has been the last like two or three weeks. This is like the beginning of the new season, uh, early July. So yeah, but, Anders, let's just say that the care factor for Arsenal was pretty low. It was pretty low, and they win five nothing. Yeah, five nil. Easily. Yes. Uh, Jackson Fels is going to talk to us at the bottom of the hour about that and other Sounders and MLS goings as well. But first, let's lead off the hour with Jared Kelnick, as I said in the top, breaks his foot, kicking a water cooler. At one hand, it's nice somebody for the meandering Mariners cares yeah. enough to break his foot, but it's dumb. Period. End of statement for a Major League Baseball player. The best player on his team so far this year. And they aren't going to go anywhere without his bat at the moment because their offense is bad as it is. And he's been their best, most consistent hitter, top of the lineup, playing left field, center field. He's not going to be out, broken foot. And, I mean, yeah, he cares. Yeah, it's admirable. He has emotion. And, but he – and 
we saw, and if you've seen the video of his pregame comments today before the game, at this afternoon's game, he's dejected down, emotional, yeah. head down, paused, saying he's let a lot of guys down. He has said that. Scott Service said this morning in his pregame that he believes <laughs> Kelnick is feeling the weight of letting his entire team down for what he did. We have the audio if you want to listen to that. Of course. Uh, yeah, let the emotions get the best of me there. And just feel terrible. Especially for the guys. I just, I let the emotions get the best of me and I just, I let them down. And, uh, Take full responsibility for it. It's on me. It's just can't credit him for owning this, for sure, Anders. And having covered Major League Baseball as a beat writer for a few years back in the day, not a lot of baseball players show that kind of emotion on what is a day to day to day to day grind. And the accountability there, definitely. And and to be commended for that, absolutely. What do you think? Text us at four nine four five one the Telemore do text line and tell us what you think. Is is hey, it's about time someone cared and showed emotion, and maybe this will spark or uh, or dumb and ultimately hurting the team. I guess it can be both can be true at the yeah. same time. I think I think it is kind of uh, both worlds a little bit, especially in baseball where there's so much failure involved. What you cannot get as dejected as we've seen Jared Kelenic kick. And the thing is the last couple of years, this is kind of who he was. He would always kind of, you know, look extremely frustrated after a strikeout or, you know, a, right. a, a blooper hit that he didn't, uh, you know, ex- expect to get out of the infield or something like that. But the beginning of this year looked like he had really turned that page mentally a little bit. And that's, what's kind of frustrating about this part is it's kind of reared its ugly head once again. And I just hope that, you know, for someone who's as talented as he is, he is extremely talented. Uh, in a game where you need to be uh, very neutral mind, you can't get too up when you're when you're hot. You can't get too down when you're cold. I hope he learns from this because I really think if he you know cleans up the mental side of his game, he can be one of the best players in Major League Baseball. It's one thing to be so emotional when you're betting 160, yeah, which he was for the most of the first two three years of his right. Major League career, and of course going into this year, it was. Will Kelnick even be able to prove to stay in the lineup or yeah. stay up? And he's done that, like in Seattle, crazy. and now he's now he's the heart of it. Yeah, and that's quite another when you show this emotion and detract from your team when you're the best hitter on it, the most consistent guy on it, at least so far this year. And now, Julio Rodriguez has to step up and be more consistent. Cal Raleigh has to step up and be more consistent. Eugenio Suarez cannot be batting 226. He's been getting hot last couple he games. He has. Yeah. And those are the guys that, especially without Kelnick in the lineup, but even before that, that this team won't go anywhere without those guys doing better than they had in the first 90-plus games. Of the Teoscar game. Hernandez, too, especially now, needs to really show some consistency. I, I'm of the belief Teoscar Hernandez is on his way out of here in the next 10 days. And Interesting. He's not under contract beyond this year. No, he's not. He's not so underperformed, but he has the one number that will attract home runs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he has leads a team with I think it's 15 home runs last yeah. I checked. 
coming into today's game against the Twins. Mariners are playing right now against the Twins. But Teoscar Hernandez, they traded for, of course, from from Toronto yep. after last season's playoff against the Blue Jays. He's not under contract after this season. So would you get rid of him before Pollock? Well, Pollock should be DFA'd and out of town. That's what I'm saying. On a barge on Elliott Bay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he's got a family, too, but he also yeah. has a one-whatever batting average. Yeah. Him and Wong should have been gone a long time ago. Cannon, I mean, are they playing AJ Pollock to showcase him for a trade? Because Possibly. that ain't working. No, it's almost worse because it's like he's, he keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> he stands at third with an infield drawn in, and an infielder has to dive to his left to field a ball on his <laughs> knees when he had no intention to throw home, as it happened against the Tigers Friday night. I was at that game, and my son, <laughs> my son's a college soccer player, but he's played some baseball up until about ninth grade, tenth grade. He turned to me and said, "Dad." He should not only be scored, he should be in a dugout by now. Yes. <laughs> that would have been the tying run of that game. And you could kind of like uh, excuse that from a youngster who maybe is, uh, you know, not been in the league very long. Uh, I coach him. I, I'm the head coach of the University Prep High School baseball team here yeah. in Seattle. And yeah. I would have benched a player for doing that, not move. It shouldn't be on me at the third base coach to tell him to go. Right. Because once the guy is on his knees, he's gone. And that's at the high school level. This is that's major league baseball. I would have benched a high school player. <laughs> Some of my guys that my parents might be listening good, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I would, and that's something that AJ Pollock and been in the league more than a day, to your point, should know. But Pollock here, Wong here, obviously has not worked. Tommy Lestello was the other offseason sign, free agent signing. People don't even remember he was a mariner, but that did happen, and that's happening. He's been yep. gone. Yeah, I think it's time to cut losses. You're not gonna be able to trade AJ Pollock. But you could trade Teosco Hernandez because of his home run number. Yeah. And that doesn't make the Mariners a seller. That makes the Mariners a shredder. Yeah. Getting rid of, yeah, okay, he's hitting home runs, but what else? Well, and you can get better for next year for someone who's not going to be on the team next year. Yeah, absolutely. So. I don't see a, an avenue that Teosco Hernandez is going to sign a new multi-year contract with tens of millions guaranteed. Not here, at least. Seattle. No. So... That's what makes me think he's on his way out in the next week and a half. And frankly, the the tenor tone of this whole trade deadline changes by the day and by the loss, yes. does it not? Yes, it, it sucks because we kind of went out of the All-Star break thinking, okay, if we go on a run here, we might be able to get some pieces to really make this team, this 2023 team, good. And now, with like you said, with every loss that happens, it's almost like, all right, now we have to almost look to next year. And we have to sell some of our, you know, less long-term pieces, whether that's Teoscar. Maybe that's Eugenio, too. Um, like, he has some value right now. If you want to make your team, like, more competitive for the next couple years, I just wish that uh, they had a little bit more of a margin for error and they had upgraded a little bit more in the offseason. But uh, that's where we're at right now. Well, what were they, 30 and 11 or something in one-run games yeah. last year? Yeah. And now they're, what, 11 and 15, I think it is? Yeah, exactly. 11 and 16 in one-run games? So that margin of error hasn't... It's the same exactly. as last year. You're They're just on... not winning those games. You're losing them. Right. Because you're not doing things like running from third when the infielder's on his knees and it's no intention things. of third. Yep. And getting thrown out. Two two men thrown out at home two nights ago. That was the first game. Well, we actually won. But it was <laughs> like, no. Yeah. It's, yeah you, this team is not ha has a little bit of issues with the fundamentals, I feel like. And uh, you, you're not going to win a lot of baseball games doing that. You're not going to win every game 10 to 3 or lose every game, you know, you know, 3 to 8 or whatever. You're going to have a lot of close games, especially the way we pitch and the way we play. It's like you can, those little things make a huge difference. The strikeouts. My goodness, they strike out a lot in the worst situations. I, Runner third, fewer than two outs. You must put the ball in play. I tell my guys that you prep, 
Just place the bat over the plate. Don't swing. Just put the bat literally on the ball so we can get it in play and get the run home. Well, it's funny you mention that because I saw a stat uh, that Teoscar, you know, you talked about his home runs and how that's going to have been his thing is his power. He has zero home runs since June 27th. Julio has zero home runs since June 24th. Ty France has zero home runs since June 22nd. And Kelnick, before his injury, of course, has zero home runs since June 9th. For a team that looks like they're trying to hit a home run every time they're coming up to the plate, it's okay if you run into a few of them, but they haven't even done that lately. So you got to change your approach somewhat. It's July 20th. I know. That's like over a month. from June. Yes. When you have strikeouts, okay, if you're hitting home runs, home run strikeouts, that's yeah. what the games become. Um, yeah. But if you have no home runs and strikeouts. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad for ball, as a good friend yes. of mine, Michael Urban, in the Bay Area, love to say. Much more to talk about the Mariners, Texas, at the Telemore Dew text line at 49451. Let us know how you feel about that. Jared Kelnick being out on bad to worse for the Mariners, who are trying to get back to 500 today. When we come back, we'll talk about something that may be a little bit more on the bright side. At least the Sounders are yeah. in the, at least they're in the top half of the Western Conference. Jackson Feltz is going to join us to talk about the Sounders and all that's MLS next on 93.3 KJRFMs. Now back to the Ian Furness Show, brought to you by Snoqualmie Casino. That's soccer music, Andrew. Sounders theme. Yes, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Greg Bell, the News Tribune, filling in for Ian Furness. Here for the next two days. Ian's away while the Se- until the Seahawks training camp begins next Wednesday. Glad to have Jackson Phelps with us. Our Sounders man here at KJR, and son, you're going to have a quite a debut for your own personal self on Saturday. <laughs> you're going to be doing the play-by-play for KJR's broadcast at Real Salt Lake in the Leagues Cup. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a hell of a time. Greg, it's good to be with you. You sounded good today, man. <laughs> good shows. Yeah, faking it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Jackson, last night we talked about it in the headlines. Anders and I did last night. The MLS had its annual All Star Game. Whatever iteration Gene Garber's or Don Garber's come up with now, Gene Garber's a former Atlanta Braves reliever from back <laughs> when I was a kid almost. But Garber's now creation is to have. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for every. Everything, reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was, I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasic.com. That's auroralasic.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasic.com. I don't even know. Is it a rotating band of Premier League teams to come in and play one MLS All-Star team? 5-0 Arsenal in pre-game, preseason, way preseason mode, rolls the MLS All-Stars. What do you think, first of all, about the format and what can be better or 
can be better. The idea of the format, Greg, I think is a good one, is to take your best players of your league and say, all right, how good are we? Can we match up against a great team? The problem with the model is that you chose Arsenal. Listen, I, I hate taking the league-to-league -league comparison. I hate doing it because it is really kind of just country-to-country. You know, you don't, you, you know, other, another country's football league does not compare itself to the American football league. It's just, it's ridiculous. But if we were to do that, Major League Soccer is, yes, a lower quality league than the English Premier League. So let's just say it's baseball, right? This would be like the AAA Baseball League taking the all-stars of AAA and saying, let's go play the New York Yankees. And the New York Yankees win 7 nothing. The New York Yankees in, like, February spring training mode. <laughs> that's that's exactly. also true. And and healthy and rested and, you know, players wanting to prove X, Y, Z. So this was a very, very good club in Arsenal. I shouldn't even say very good. They're an outstanding club. I, I hate Arsenal. Elite, yeah. Yes, I, I hate Arsenal. I'm a Tottenham fan. We are harsh rivals. <laughs> but, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> but Arsenal is an outstanding, outstanding soccer team. And listen, you know, this league, yes, we're coming up. Yes, we're getting better. But we're just not there yet. So five nothing to Arsenal. It, it it it's unfortunate, but it kind of you know it comes as no surprise. And I would love it if this model, which I think could work, you just use a, a lower quality team. Use a a, a, a I don't know a, a a Spanish La Liga team. I mean perhaps a Bundesliga team. They've done that a couple years, not, right? Yeah, yes, they have. But not Arsenal. Arsenal are the you know they are. They didn't weren't league champions, but they were second. They are an outstanding team, and I think they were just a little bit too much for MLS to take on. A lot of bit too much. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. it's to attract <laughs> TV viewers, and I don't even know where the game was played last night. And was it a Washington D.C.? Yeah, and it was it packed, or was it? Did they sell tickets to this thing? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think it was it was well attended. Ironically, there was probably an even better attended game for a fourth division English team uh, playing in North Carolina, but that's a whole separate story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like I. Listen, it's it's the all star festivities. It's 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 fun and it's it's well attended to an extent. But but I think it, it, there's there's little changes they could make uh, for for Don Garber to make it really a I think outstanding event. Jackson Feltz, our soccer guy here at ninety three point three KJR, with us. Let's talk about let's talk about Harry Kane while we're talking about the Don. Oh, let's not talk about picking that. Okay, I'm, I'm not really? going to bring up Harry Kane oh. to a Tottenham fan. I won't bring up Harry Kane to a Tottenham fan though. I just did. Emma, I've had this discussion. Masvida Metteri is a friend of mine. He's a big soccer guy, Roosevelt High School, and and up through the Seattle ranks. He and I had a spirited discussion. Where does the MLS rank in quality of leagues? I made the argument it might not even be top ten, and I I made the conversation started when I said that Messi signing with Inter Miami was like Tom Brady signing with an XFL team. And <laughs> that's a good comparison. That's fair. Is where is MLS? I, we were we were going league by league, yeah. and I'm not I'm talking not just the best teams, but the breadth of the entire league. Is it is it better than League MX? Is it top eight? Is, is it yeah. top ten? I think it's right around that area of of, of eight to ten. I think it's right around there. I, maybe even you push it perhaps to twelve. Well, let's talk. Okay, Premier League, English Premier League's got to be number one. Yeah, easily, easily. And but then and you, they have the most money. Then you have your Bundesliga. You have your La Liga. You have, I, I think, Serie A. Serie A. We're think, down to four. Yeah. 
Bundesliga. Well, we Ligue on France is better. Yeah. Um, Netherlands Dutch league is better. The J League. Brazil. Japan. No, that's I, probably I, about I think, even. I would say. I, I would say J League's probably a slight step under. But I, all of this to say, I think they're the. And moreover, I, I think with and, and Anders, you know, let me know if you you think I'm wrong on this. I think with the inclusion. Of, I mean, really, yesterday we saw it all. Yesterday it was not only Messi, but it's Busquets, it's Jordi Alba, and suddenly the quality of this league has just, you know, jumped a massive percentage point. Players wise. So, so, exactly, but that will help Miami as a team. And being that they are the worst team in this league right now, suddenly you take your bottom team and just jolt it up. Overall, then the average of yeah. quality for an MLS franchise goes up. So, Average-wise, I think we are right around eight, probably. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on, like, the quality of players that are playing in this league right now. But I don't, like, one thing that I think is really lacking is the quality of coaching uh, and the development at the youth level. That's not even close to how... Oh, let's talk about youth soccer in America. How much time do I have? Oh, my God. As someone who has a a son playing in college at this point, you know I had a son and daughter go through it, and, oh, man. It's I, not from, it's, from academy to yeah. ECNL. I could go on and on There's to the break. So much. Done. A lot of issues. Broken ass system. Let's yes. just say, let's just state that it's for elitist. Yes, it's for people who can pay to play. It, it excludes an entire talent base. It's ridiculous, and it shows in the league. I think that's a huge, huge reason why MLS is not where it wants to be right now. Honestly, makes me ill. Yeah, it, and Should I talk about the year I spent twenty thousand dollars on one kid's soccer program. My God, can I talk about that? It's a system that needs to get fixed for sure. Yeah. That's crazy. Academy yeah. soccer coach tells me nine days before we're going to Amsterdam next week for a tournament. Oh, uh, what? what? <laughs> My son's in high school. Yeah. He's not taking nine days off on no notice to go to. No. The answer is no. And you want me to write a check for that? Yeah. Oh, I could. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk about that on live radio in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think you're like alone in thinking that. Like it, most people, and as someone who coaches in that system now, it, it it's definitely not ideal. Broken I should, I should, system. I should yeah. and will quickly say, I should and will quickly say, Sounders have had tremendous success with their academy, funneling yeah. players from the academy and getting. But where large are those players of, coming from? Uh, well, they're coming from a lot of the, the area too, and then sometimes yeah. they'll bring kids from outside. Where like, the, but what clubs from that area are they coming from? You know, there's a, there's so many different ones in the area. Whether it's, whether it's East Side, whether it's I mean, there's 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 a large. But my point, Jackson, groups, is yeah. you have to have money to play for East Side, yep. and for Crossfire, yep. and for Seattle United. And, yep. Yep. And if you don't have money, and we're talking thousands of dollars, not a hundreds. No. And if you don't have that, you don't play. Yep. And that is not like Little League Baseball, and that is not like basketball. Nope. That is not like football. Broken-ass system. And and that's all there is to say about how it's an elitist, white, upper-class, or privileged, sponsored minority player who gets an opportunity to play for the U.S. national team or the Sounders Academy or the MLS to be home, one of their homegrown players. My wife's Argentinian. She talks about like how their look for talent has nothing to do with money. They go to the slums, the poorest parts, and go pick people out that they see playing on the street. How to come about play that? And they play for Boca Juniors. Yeah, and they play next to Messi. And look and at Suarez what happens. Like and, and and South American teams in the world. Never mind. I'm digressing. <laughs> it's all right, Jackson. It, it's like it roots all the way down into that. Like it's so huge. Give us a preview for Saturday, Jackson. You're yeah. doing the League's Cup for Saturday, all, so. 6 p.m. pregame, 6.30 here on KJR. Jackson Feltz making his professional debut as play-by-play Sounders announcer on these very airwaves. 
at Real Salt Lake in the League's Cup. This is a good one. Uh, RSL unbeaten in their last 10, uh, hosting Seattle because they finished 2022 with more points than the Sounders, so that's the reason that Sounders have to go on the road. Seattle will be hosting Monterey in this group stage. As the League's Cup basically very, very simple, and I'll, I'll, I'll make this very quick and dumb it down. League's Cup is a World Cup-style tournament where they've smashed together MLS and Mexican side Liga MX. The two leagues, they smushed them together, made League's Cup. There's many groups of three teams. Top two teams from each group go on to a knockout round, and champion wins a bunch of money and a big trophy. How, uh, how long is this? They're, they're pausing the yeah, MLS season a month, to do this. Month-long This is tournament. why the MLS season goes from February to January. Yeah. But, but yeah, okay, so they're not the only league in the world that does this, but okay. So I know you're joking, by the way, but it actually is February yeah. to December. Like <laughs> It actually is, though. It's nuts. But yeah, so the Sounders are in this group with Salt Lake, who they go to this Saturday, and then they'll host Monterey on uh, Sunday the 30th, eight days later. Uh, this will be a very tough match. RSL is a ridiculously good team. They've only gotten better in the last couple weeks. They signed one of MLS's best players from the last two years, Chicho Arango, who went to Mexico, uh, went and won a title, did great with Pachuca, and then didn't really stick there. RSL bring him back. Uh, so he's now their striker, adding to a team that was already unbeaten in their last eight. Uh, they are an extremely good team, third place in the Western Conference, right above Seattle in fourth. Uh, Sounders will have to, A, put out a phenomenal lineup, which I think they will and can do, and then also, B, play their best soccer in order to come away with at least a point in this one, which is, you know, you finish the game with a draw, you're guaranteed at least a point. Penalty kick shootout, if you win that, you can get two points. Sounders, how are they? Let's briefly talk. Is this a good pause for them? They've scuffled a little bit. That, that no. winnable game, winnable match against Dallas, they lost this past weekend. They lost at a better San Jose team last week. Where are they now heading into this? This is a great point for them to have this break because I think the, the big question for Brian Schmetzer is what is your best lineup? Everybody's healthy now, but you know I don't think the coaching staff knows exactly what they want to do in terms of their best 11 for the final 10 games of the regular season. This tournament, and whether it's just these two games or whether they go further than that, but even just being on the field and and practicing away from the MLS regular season, this will allow them to kind of tinker and try things and say, all right, what is our best group? We are fourth place right now. We're looking at a playoff spot, but what do we need to do to have success in the playoffs? We need to find what that best group is. This month-long break will allow them to find that best group. So this comes at a very, very good time, where, as you mentioned, Sounders have not been as hot over the last couple months while players have been away on international duty. Now they're, everybody's healthy. Now everybody's back. Now they can figure out exactly how they want this team to look for the last month. Jace Move and the whole gang's going to be doing the whole... Only played 20 minutes in the All-Star game. I expect Jordan Morris to be able to play a lot on Saturday. That's Jackson Phelps. He's going to have the play-by-play for us on KJR, 6 p.m. pregame Saturday night at Real Salt Lake, 6.30 for the League's Cup. Jackson, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Anders. You're welcome. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk Seahawks. Training camp begins next Wednesday and a lot more coming up on the KJR, 93.3 KJR-FM, Seattle Sports Leader. Now back to the Ian Furness Show, brought to you by Snoqualmie Casino. Greg Bell, the News Tribune, in again for the vacationing Ian Furness. Anders Hurst here. We're going to get back, Anders, to that soccer conversation. Pay for play. Both of us have some experience in that. Uh, But let's talk about the Seahawks real quick. And they're going to play 
they're going to start the preseason with training camp opening on Wednesday. Their first preseason game 15 days after that. So how it works is you always know when the first day of training camp is going to be because by the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement with the league, it's no earlier than 15 days before that first preseason game. And the Seahawks have two home preseason games out of their three against Minnesota. And then a week later, nine days later on a Saturday night against Dallas. And then the third one is August 26th on a Saturday morning, 10 a.m. local kick at Green Bay at Lambeau Field. And then there's that long break between the last preseason game. There used to be a fourth. And now they go for almost two full weeks. I was going to say, is it still two weeks? It is because they take Labor Day weekend off and then – the NFL used to play its opener on Labor Day weekend. They found the TV ratings were poor because everyone's on the last summer vacations yeah. before school starts in a lot of states. And therefore, they pushed it back a week for television purposes. So now the start week one of the NFL season is the September 10th, 11th, 12th time frame. Oh, so you're saying that, you know, when it makes sense for TV, that players get an extra week of rest. But, you know, not in other cases. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's for television yep. and that money and yep. that league, as you know, six billion with a dollar yep. with a B dictate all that. The Seahawks training camp, they re- the players report on Tuesday. Some teams have rookies report ahead of veterans report and then the training camp starts. The Seahawks just have everybody report on the same day. It's gonna be on Tuesday with the first training camp practice on Wednesday. That one's open to the public. If you are lucky enough to have gotten a lottery ticket and a bus pass to go from Renton Landing into Renton. What you'll see on Wednesday is them in shoulder pads and shorts. And, I mean, not even shoulder pads, I should say. Just probably helmets and shorts. Yeah. They have to have a four-day acclimation period before they can go into shoulder pads and then a couple days acclimation before they go into full pads. So they won't start doing any full pad work until the first days of August, second, third or so. Um, they have three practice days and then they take a day off and then they have three more practice days. The collective bargaining agreement mandates that a team has to have a day off every four or five days in training camp. When I first started covering this league and sound like an old man, get off my lawn. But in 2000, 2001, two, I covered the Raiders and their training camp up in Napa, which is a fabulous place. Yeah. The Napa Valley. So Marriott, cool. <laughs> right back of the play. What a setting that was. Yeah. Talk about dinners after practices best training Napa camp Valley. locations yeah, like yeah <laughs> pretty sweet well that's gone now that they're in las vegas yep but anyway it used to be two days <laughs> there were mike holmgren had two days over in east cheney yep. at eastern washington people don't believe me anders matt hasselbeck sean alexander walter jones were toting fans into the silo dorms at eastern washington right next to what is now a red turf field yeah ruse field i think it's called yeah and going into the dorms and staying in the dorms. That's awesome. With no air conditioning. Oh, man. This is early 2000s. A yep. Super Bowl team, the yep. Seattle's first Super Bowl team, stayed in dorms <laughs> at Eastern Washington University. It happened. It still happens with the Chiefs at St. Joseph's, uh, Missouri. They moved in this week. The Green Bay Packers at a small college right outside of Green Bay. I feel like that's kind of a cool team experience, you know? I think so. Yeah. And now you got players staying at their homes and training camp being in the facilities. Yeah. For money, for fans, for control, for facilities, quality. I'd love to have grown up as a kid outside Pittsburgh and going to Latrobe at St. Vincent's College and yep. seeing Jack Ham and Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris also carrying fans into a dorm room. I still remember that. Yeah. 40 years, 45, 50 years later, I remember that. 
These are just Super Bowl Steelers, four Super Bowl championships in six years, carrying fans into a dorm room in St. Vincent's College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, that, I miss those days. Yeah. The, the Seahawks do none of that. They have a team hotel, a couple team hotels, actually. One's right across the freeway in Renton from the team facility, another one in Bellevue. And that's where the players stay, and even the veterans during training camp. And then about two weeks into training camp, right around the time the games start, is when the player, the veteran players who live here are allowed to go back to their homes and their families. And not that they don't see their families when right. they're here anyway, but it's so different than Cheney. It's not 100 degrees. It's not two-a-days in the wheat fields. And, and yeah, those were the days. When did two-a-days end? Do you, when oh, did they man, take that, that was, out? That was mid-2000. Really? Um, and for the name of safety and players right. not getting hurt, and I get it. Yeah. They used to do Oklahoma drills when I first started covering the United. You know what those are. Yep. Lay on the ground. Run straight at each other. Stand up when the whistle blows, and one-on-one, -on -one, one guy rams into the other. Yep. You can't do that. Any high school teams get in trouble doing that anymore now yeah. because of the concussions and the the problems with. Why that. is it so, called the Oklahoma drill? Because you know? Oklahoma mastered it and did it back really? in, way back in the day. Yeah, I think Bud Wilkerson was part of that and the legendary Hall of Fame coach in Oklahoma. So yeah, no Oklahoma drill, no two a days. Pete Carroll's old enough. The Seahawks coach is old enough to know and live through all that. He was a player at the university. Then the College of the Pacific in Stockton, California, now yep. the University of the Pacific. He was defensive back, um, yet he laughs at what it's become, laughs privately because he knows he gets it with the collective yeah. bargaining oh, yeah. is. But anyway, fans that are going to come out next week are going to see them in shorts and T-shirts and helmets, and that'll be the case for the first three days or so, and then they'll break, and then they'll get into shoulder pads and an acclimation period before they actually go full pads. So we'll talk more in the next hour of what you can expect to see with the Seahawks in Jamal Adams' situation, what I see the position battles being. Also, next hour, we'll talk more about the Jared Kelnick situation. If you hadn't heard, he kicked a water cooler in frustration at striking out looking last night late in the Mariners' 6-3 loss to the Twins. Mariners playing this afternoon, trying to even the four-game series that ends today against Minnesota. All that and a lot more coming up in the next hour with Andrews Hurts. It's Greg Bell, the News Tribune, in for Ian Furness on Sports Radio 93.3 KGR. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.